Thanks for joining me for another episode of Trip Report. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about my first experience with 2CB. A few years into my psychedelic journey, having only tried mushrooms, a friend was out visiting from Long Island, and he said he had another buddy, a scientist, who was working down at one of the San Diego colleges. We met up with him at some gastro pub for some beers back in the glorious pre-gluten-free days. As most conversations did in those early psychonaut years, the topic of psychedelics came up. The scientist mentioned that he had consumed his fair share of mushrooms, but that he was recently much more enjoying his time with 2CB. This was a number and letter combination I had not yet heard of. Honestly, I can't remember his description of how the experience differed from mushrooms, probably because it was a chemical and at that time I was very weary of any drugs synthesized in a lab, even LSD. So after that, 2CB kind of fell off my radar. A few years later, I heard an episode of the Joe Rogan Experience featuring Hamilton Morris. He mentioned that two of the best books he had ever read were P-Call and T-Call, so I jumped on Amazon and ordered them both. I had mentioned in the first few episodes of Trip Report how I had never been a reader, but somehow mushrooms had rewired my brain to the point where I could easily devour any text. P-Call at the time was the longest book that I had taken on in my life and was an absolute page turner. Written by the infamous Alexander Sasha Shulgin and his wife, Anne, P-Call stands for Phenethylamines I Have Known and Loved, and below the title it says A Love Story. And it is just that. It details Shulgin's background to becoming a psychedelic chemist and how his relationship with Anne began and flourished. Throughout this love story, he details his creations and interaction with countless psychoactive chemicals. The second half of the book details the full synthesis of dozens of phenethylamine psychedelics and the reactions he had sampling them. In P-Call, Shulgin mentions that 2CB is one of his favorite compounds. That piqued my interest and I flashed back to that conversation with the scientist saying that he felt the same. After finishing the text, I think I put the feelers out to a few people to see if they knew anything about it and just received confused looks. At the time, my small circle was only familiar with the absolute basics of mushrooms, LSD, and DMT. Therefore, 2CB fell off the radar again. Flash forward five years or so, and thanks to Colin from Veterans Walk and Talk, I had met so many more people in the space. Roughly six months ago, I was scrolling through my YouTube algorithm, and there was that number and letter combination again, 2CB. I watched the video, and it was a quick description of the drug, its history, its effects, and once again, the host of the video proclaimed 2CB to be her favorite psychedelic. Watching that video sent me down the 2CB rabbit hole, and it quickly slid its way to the top of my bucket list of psychoactive chemicals. However, the same problem remained. Where do I get it? A few weeks later, I attended a walk and talk that was awesomely at a trail about five minutes from my house. It was great to catch up with Colin, Manu, Will, and the rest of the gang. During that hike, I talked to a couple people about that YouTube rabbit hole, inquiring if any of them had had experience with 2CB. And again, blank stares. As we neared the end of the hike, I heard someone talking to a member I had not yet met or even seen at other hikes, and they were discussing DMT. It sounded like he had a connection for it, so I figured third time's a charm, right? That rule of three. And I asked, do you by any chance have a connection for 2CB? He said, absolutely, and everything is mass spectrometer tested to a purity of 99% or higher, or we won't carry it. Finally, the source. A couple weeks later, I received three small press tablets about the size of a Pez candy. On one side, it looked like some Zelda symbols or something, and on the other side, it said 2CB. These pressies were 28 milligrams. I was excited, and I trusted the source, but there was still some level of anxiety in the back of my mind regarding the safety considering how many Chinese research chemicals have entered the market, 
and the current fentanyl epidemic. Plus, life had gotten hectic with a cross-country move on the horizon, so I hadn't found the time to encounter the molecule. When I was at the MAPS Psychedelic Science Convention in Denver, there was a company that I believe was called Dance Safe that was selling reasonably priced kits to test the most common psychedelic drugs in the market, 2CB being one of them. Additionally, they had fentanyl test strips at a dollar a stick, so I grabbed a handful of those as well. Better safe than sorry. When I got home, I tested every substance I had, including the 2CB. As I suspected, everything was pure and fentanyl-free. That certainly removes one layer of anxiety when encountering a new molecule. Having recently subscribed to Audible, I had an extra credit available, and while I did bring Pcall on the move with me, I haven't had the time to sit down and reread it, but it was available on the app. I chose to listen to it for the second time, and, and honestly, while I thoroughly enjoyed it the first time, I enjoyed it even more this time around. They mentioned 2CB many times in the text, so I was excited that I had the means to finally give it a go. Flash forward to present day, and the lady and I were both feeling a calling for a journey. While 2CB was near the top of my bucket list, I had also recently procured a capsule of the combination of MDA and MDMA. While trying to decide on our molecule of choice for this journey, we were leaning toward that combo. However, somewhere along the path of many recent moves, I misplaced the key to my safe and therefore didn't have access. Everything happens for a reason, and I believe divine intervention was steering us toward the 2CB. So I crushed the Prestes into a powder, mixed it with some beach plum LaCroix, and kicked it back at 10.05am on an empty stomach. It had a flavor like your typical pharmaceutical, chalky and bland like Tylenol and such. While we waited for the come up, we kicked back to finish the movie Moana. I'm not a fan of Disney or Pixar stuff, but our neighbors at the last place were raving about Moana, telling us it was the best animated movie ever made, so I figured we'd give it a go. We got about halfway through the film the night before, and had about 45 minutes remaining. The CGI in that movie is truly unbelievable, especially for something that was made back in 2016. About 30 minutes went by and the yawns began. I figured the timing was right to be transitioning into that other realm. There was a scene toward the end of the movie that the ghost of Moana's grandmother appears to her, and it hit me. I was jealous that she and so many other people have had the opportunity to connect with their grandparents in a way that I couldn't because all of mine passed at such a young age. I was reminded of my great-grandmother's funeral. She far outlived all of my other grandparents making it into her 80s. I believe it was at her funeral that the reality of death first occurred to me. I would no longer be able to see her every weekend. She was gone. I was officially a child without grandparents. There was some song they play in the Catholic Church where the lyrics go along the lines of He will raise you up on eagle's wings, and that was the song they played as they carried the casket down the aisle. I had so much sadness come over me at that moment that I just began sobbing. I was 12 at the time, so certainly old enough to be living with the stigma of boys shouldn't cry. That brought an element of shame into the mix, which made me cry even harder. So much so that I felt the need to blame it on something else, so I tried to sell the story that my stomach hurt and I was sick and I needed to go home. I missed out on the wake to celebrate the life of my great-grandmother because I had so much shame to show my face because I had cried in church. A very reasonable reaction to the passing of a loved one. This is one of the beneficial elements of the psychedelic journey. Reliving moments in a time where, as a 12-year-old boy, I held so much shame around crying, but now reflecting as a 38-year-old man that it was perfectly acceptable behavior and there was no worry about being judged by my family members who were all suffering that same loss. A wild reflection from the very beginning of the 2CB journey. 
I think reflecting on that moment, plus whatever was happening in that movie, had my eyes well up a little bit, and then I immediately heard Morgan say, I don't know if it's the drugs or this movie, but my tears are flowing over here, look at me, and her cheeks were drenched. We both laughed, and we finished out the movie. As I mentioned, the CGI is amazing in there, but with the HD vision of the 2CB, I felt like we were watching the movie with 3D glasses. We wrapped up the movie, and it was clear that we were fully in it. Morgan said she felt speedy and restless. 2CB is a stimulant. I felt chill, but I felt that I needed to move. It was a long week for me helping her father prep a driveway that's basically a small highway up the side of a mountain. Very taxing work that resulted in some odd lower back pain that I hadn't had in years. I threw down my yoga mat, grabbed a foam roller, and just started working through my legs. I could so bizarrely feel how everything in my body was connected and exactly where my problems were. I could feel how my calves were pulling on my knees in a weird way that were impacting my hamstrings, and how those hamstrings were yanking on the glutes, and then how those glutes were directly connected to that exact spot that hurt in my lower back. I put some headphones in, the music sounded amazing, I closed my eyes, and I just worked through each and every knot with a huge smile on my face as I could feel my body repairing itself. I wrapped that up and told her that I was going to listen to one of my self-hypnosis recordings, and then I would be ready to venture outdoors. She took my place on the mat, and I jumped in the bed to fall into hypnosis. It was fairly difficult to get into the state, as my mind was in the psychedelic mode getting distracted by countless other thoughts, but I got through the 20-minute recording and went back to music. I listened to a couple of new tracks that I recently added to my psychedelic playlist, and then set it to random, and Ecstasy of the Soul by Zed's Dead came on. I think that is currently my favorite song to listen to while molecularly enhanced. It gets heavy, but the sound is so cool in that state. Again, grinning ear to ear while I ventured through it. There were some very muted closed eye visuals, similar but different to your tryptamine psychedelics. I suspect we were on the low end of the 2CB dosing scale. When I wrapped that up, I came out of the bedroom and Morgan had asked if I had been getting any downloads. I didn't really think there was anything too powerful that came through for me, but she said she had been getting a ton, and one of them was just that people need to move more. I laughed and just said, I love those common sense discoveries that come through, which seems so profound. On that topic of movement, we decided it was time to walk down to the beach. I had already started to feel like the effects of the 2CB were diminishing. I decided I would take a small booster dose of MDMA before the adventure, and she was also on board. We kicked back 60 milligrams and continued the journey. It was a stunning day, perfect temperature, bright blue skies, puffy clouds everywhere. We found a shaded spot under a tree for Toki, filled his water bowl, and hopped into the ocean. I've said it on here countless times, but being in the ocean while tripping is a life-changing experience. Feeling the current pulling back and forth past you, it's just truly unbelievable stuff. As Morgan walked into the water, I had to laugh to myself that I was living real-life Moana in that moment, on a beautiful island, crystal clear turquoise Caribbean water, and I watched a gorgeous curly-haired girl with olive skin, my own Moana, approaching me in the water. I was truly grateful for how blessed I am in this life. I noticed something in front of me. An angelfish had come straight up to my chest and sat there about an inch from me for a few moments and then swam off. I truly felt like I was in a Disney movie. We hung out until the pruny fingers began to set in and retired to the sand to dry off and warm up. We shared the earbuds and listened to a few songs while watching the clouds pass in the coolest, most psychedelic way. While on drugs or not, Nights of Shame by AWOL Nation is an absolute masterpiece. A 15-minute song that is essentially a short album in itself. I really hope I can catch that performed live one day. 
I told Morgan, I know I've said this a billion times, but I think this is what church once was, or at least was meant to be. A reset at the end of the week to let go of anything that you might be holding on to, ready to move into the next chapter, and that's exactly how I felt. The Caribbean sun finally became a little too aggressive, and we retired to the shade of that tree. There, we just talked for hours. The MDMA had certainly kicked in. It's a wonderful molecule that really lets you connect to people in an indescribable way. I always feel that our relationship is flawless and couldn't possibly be more connected, but MDMA has a way of taking that connection even further. I can definitely see how it would be an excellent addition to anyone going through couples therapy. I think it was probably around 3 or 4 p.m. by the time we left the beach, and seeing as how we started the journey fasted to get the best bang for our buck with the 2CB, we were both feeling a little bit hungry, so we headed back up to the condo. Some protein smoothies were just what the body needed. In Peacall, a love story, the Shulgans made reference to how one of their favorite qualities of 2CB is its accentuation of lovemaking. I'll spare you the details, but I'll just say they weren't wrong. Finally, the journey seemed to have come to an end. We went to a restaurant at another beach for dinner and called it a night. We both slept like a million bucks and felt well-rested and energized the following day. This again leads me to believe that there are so many other factors at play when people say they feel like death after taking MDMA. I understand we took a very low dose at 60 milligrams, but we stayed well hydrated throughout the day, not only with water, but with element. Man, I wish I had them as a podcast sponsor, but who knows, maybe one day. I suspect when people crash afterwards, it's linked to either poor quality MDMA or a different drug completely, which is why I said earlier, test your molecules. Often it's taken in a rave situation where people are dancing or sweating excessively and not rehydrating and then finally throwing other chemicals like alcohol or fast food into the mix, which do not help the body recover. Before I continue to go off on this tangent, I think this is the appropriate place to end this one. That being said, my first 2CB experience was a positive one. I enjoyed it, I would do it again, and I would certainly be willing to up the dose in the next one. Thanks for listening. Until next time, love you guys.